Hello, stagey friends. I'm Chris. And I'm Jocelyn. Welcome to another episode of Break a Leg Babble. This week, you voted for our topic, and we weren't surprised by the results. We are so excited to talk to you about one of our favorite shows. That out of hell, hell, the musical. musical. (laughs) To say we love this show is a little bit of an understatement. I've personally seen it 20 times in three different countries. I saw the show seven times, which actually broke my record as a repeat attender. And I think it's worth mentioning that this is also the show that started our friendship. It is. (laughs) If you all want more of our origin story, you can listen to our very first podcast with guest Giovanni Spano, who was essential to the process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For those of you who don't know Bad Out of Hell, we'll fill you in. Yes, we will. So let's dive into it. Bad Out of Hell is a post-apocalyptic rock and roll love story set in a dystopian future. The island of Manhattan, renamed Obsidian, has floated out to sea and is now under the reign of Falco, the tyrannical ruler set on revitalizing the city. Living in the abandoned subway tunnels underneath the city are a group of genetically altered teenagers known as the Lost. They're frozen at the age of 18. When Strat, the reckless, rebellious leader, meets Falco's sheltered daughter, Raven, on the eve of her 18th birthday, the stars align and they fall headfirst into the wonders of first love. The musical has a script and score penned by Jim Steinman, original choreography by Emma Portner, which was later adapted by Zena Gushtart, and direction by Jay Scheib. Battered of Hell launched in 2017 at the Manchester Opera House and has since ran successfully at the London Coliseum, Toronto's Ed Mervish Theatre, London's Dominion Theatre, Oberhausen, Germany's Metronome Theater, and then Off-Broadway at New York City Center. But the show did not stop there. This spring, an international tour of the show was meant to start in New Jersey with stops in Australia and the UK. Unfortunately, border closures and theater shutdowns postponed the tour before it could even begin. Hopefully, the tour will be able to launch as soon as the restrictions are lifted, But this dynamic cast will absolutely be worth the wait. Absolutely. What's super cool about Bad of Hell is it actually began all the way back in 1968. Somewhat. Jim Steinman's original intent for the album, popularized by Meatloaf, was to create a musical, which probably explains a lot to those who love the dramatic songwriting featured on the 1977 album. Fun fact about the 1977 album, since we're talking about it, my mm-hmm. first trip to Bad Out of Hell was actually on the anniversary of the album in 2017. No yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, it that's so was. cool. It was. So that was a really exciting day to see it. It was also my dad's birthday. So right. speaking of our very first trips to Bad Out of Hell, let's go back three years, Toronto 2017. Yay. Tell me about your first experience at the show. Oh, my gosh. Well... As a massive Steinman and Meatloaf fan, I had been following the news for quite a few years since it was announced that the musical was in a, in the works. So at the time, I was scared of flying, and I passed on going to Manchester for the opening and spent, like, all the spring and summer of 2017 waiting for the Toronto opening. When the time came to see the show, the cast members I had bonded with made the performances I attended, like, really super special by giving me little signals throughout the performances and it made me feel so so happy to be there you know I also Mm -hmm. remember crying when I sat down in my seat for the first show I had waited so long and wanted so hard and it was finally all happening (laughs) Mm. what about you well 
I knew nothing about the show going in, actually. Okay. So uh, before the show launched that summer, my mom and I, on a trip to go see another show downtown, we saw this big poster advertising Mm -hmm. a Bad Out of Hell musical. We were like, you know what one of my dad's favorite albums is? It's Bad Out of Hell. So we're like, we're going to get him tickets for his birthday. So, like I said, we booked him tickets for his actual birthday, and we actually kept this a secret all summer. So the only thing we really knew about it was uh, the Toronto launch video, which some of Mm. you might be familiar with. They did, like, an outdoor performance uh, in Young Dundas Square, and it was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so I just knew the music. That's all any of us knew going in. And long story short, I wasn't going to go, but then I ended up being able to because of the college strike of 2017 and we all sat down and it was amazing. I was blown away. Like, I'm not sure what I was expecting, but this Mm. wasn't it. It was like (laughs) nothing I was expecting. And I remember at intermission, um, I went to buy the album still like sweating from the pyro Mm. at the end of the, like Mm -hmm. the act finisher. (laughs) Anyway, I bought the album and I remember going, this is awesome. There's something in this that speaks deeply to me. I'm going to have to go back and see it again. I was the only person in my family that felt that way. Uh, of the <laughs> six of us that went, I was the one who was like, this is something special, guys. This is going to be mm-hmm. big. This is a great thing. Because this was the North American premiere. Right. And, and the show right. is still in previews, right? So I'm going, mm-hmm. they're, they're on to something here. Yeah. My dad, on the other hand, poor guy. He loved the music. He thought everybody in the show was really, really talented. It was just the story, not for him at all, which is totally mm. valid. I just think yeah, it's, totally. it's really funny that we got him this amazing birthday gift. And it was like <laughs> his birthday. It was the show's al- like the album's anniversary. It was during previews. Mm-hmm. We're all like so pumped. And he did not <laughs> enjoy it as much as we thought we would. <laughs> Still a memory. Speaking of the album, the the cast recording album, that is, I was the first person to receive it, which Mm. is crazy to think about. (laughs) Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, I just saw it like I didn't know anything about the show. I was like, okay, they're selling the album and I Uh like hearing girls sing these songs better. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I totally get that. It's completely different on the album compared to the original, which... Cha-ching. It just has a flair to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it totally if anybody just has a different flair. It does. And I just, I love hearing different voices on everything because we know Meatloaf mm-hmm. can sing. We know he's amazing. But it's right. so nice to hear other voices featured. So if anyone from Bad Out of Hell is listening, the arrangements <laughs> and stuff have changed a lot since that first one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of us would definitely shell out the money for an updated one. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're so inclined. So oh, yeah. that's just um that's just me putting that in your suggestion box if you're listening at all. God yeah, bless. it's crazy because a lot of the album was recorded during the Manchester run, which was so different from what it is today, from what the show is now. Yeah, there's so many songs in the, on the album that like they're not mm-hmm. in the show anymore. I remember going no, exactly. home after my first trip and going, <gasps> Good girls go to heaven, it just won't quit. I don't remember these in the show. Like, did I like, did I black out? Like, right, right. And then I went back the second time. I was like, no, those just, they're not, they're not in there, but they're on the album. Oh, well, 
extra and they're really good. Come. We would really like them to come back into the show. Bring back good girls. <laughs> Bring back good girls. <laughs> anyway, so from those first two trips, I wanted to go back. And I know that you had already planned to go back. So let's talk about your other mm. Toronto visits. That was so much fun. I went, oh my gosh, let me tell you a little silly story. So the night before the final show, now this production took place between October to January (laughs) and in Canada, it can get a bit snowy during those months. Okay, it wasn't bad until January. October was nice and temperate, so was November. Right, but (laughs) that... January 5th, I think it was, or the maybe January 7th, I think was the last show, was apparently the coldest day in Toronto in 100 years. Yeah, that was <laughs> January 18 was like some record breaking temperatures can mm-hmm. confirm. Still, it's only yep. like minus 30, you're fine. But that was just in Toronto because where I live, we had an insane ice storm the night before I was meant to travel to see the show. and I had a bunch of like cookies from the bakery that I had brought for the cast and we get to the train station and they're like um yeah so the train is like super delayed because of the ice storm we don't even know if it's gonna get up and running and I'm like no no no, you don't understand I have to be in Toronto like I can't not be in Toronto so we (laughs) I was like freaking out I was like no I can't miss this but we actually did make it in time to freshen up a little bit and then go to the stage door and meet a lot of wonderful people who flew in from the UK. And that was super oh. cool. It was one of my first times meeting someone from the UK and creating this bond that we already had online. So it was super fun. The dedication, man. You're coming through an ice storm. They're coming from another country. Like, these people... What, they love it. They're 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 connected, and just I think that that's badass. It's really nice, and we all had shirts made for the final show in Toronto, and it was um <laughs> similar to the one of the shirts that Strat wears, but we all had a different character on it to include all of the wonderful cast. It was really fun. I really Strat wears a one. shirt sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> rarely, but sometimes. But no, I- <laughs> See, I remember seeing photos of that, and I was like, damn, I wish I had friends that would like, dress up to go to musicals Aww. with me. Now we do. Now I we did go drag together. Me- now we do. Now we dress up together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did drag my friends from college to go and see that the second time, uh-huh. because I was like, I want to see it again, and I haven't seen you guys in like six weeks, because <laughs> who the f- Fuck knows if the school year is even going to continue at this point. Right. Am I going to get my degree? We don't know. Let's go see a musical. <laughs> um, it's a good thing we did because actually the day after we saw it, they were like, yeah, school's starting up next week. No so, way. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was kind of wild. So it was November and it was a Wednesday. So I went and I met them and I was like, guys, this is a really great show. And they did enjoy it. They did enjoy oh, it. It good. just it may not have been like their thing a hundred percent, but they thought it was good. Uh, so I kind of just dragged them with me. Nice. And one of my most vivid memories is like my friend spilled her wine on me at the opening. 
because uh, I was sitting in the middle because I was like, I've already seen the show so I can answer like questions or whatever. That opening with like the big jump and everything. Mm. And I had warned them. They thought I was being dramatic. <laughs> Me? Dramatic? <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Not at all. I'm not dramatic at all. I'm so subdued. Anyway, one of them spills their wine on my lap. The other like gets it is ready to like run out of the theater. Like she like jumps out of her seat. I was like, I fucking told you. <laughs> but they they had a great time. And during Paradise by the Dashboard Light, one of them turns to me and is like, This song's from Glee. <laughs> I was like, How dare you? Oh gosh, Glee. Glee. What a time. <laughs> But no, it was a really lovely visit and they were really patient with me because I was like, I want to go to Stage Door because I didn't go last time. Mm. And so I got to meet some lovely people mm-hmm. in the cast and say hello. And that's what I like about the Toronto Stage Door. Like there's, there's usually nobody there. Yeah. Or like there's a few people. Yeah. So it's really nice. It's less stressful. And it's really nice to just be able to say, hey, what you did was amazing. I really liked it. <laughs> Way to go. And just it's it's super chill for people who can get overwhelmed and busy stage stage door situations like me. I mean, at Beetlejuice, I just like stood there and did not know what to do. <laughs> that was a, that was a very crazy stage door. Although I will say, no theater stage door on Broadway has ever you know tried to kill me. So. Not the people who are down there. They seem scarier than they are. Most of them. Okay. Let's no. <laughs> No, I've heard stories um, from, it was a bad cast member who said, like, there was a crazy guy in the alley one night waving a knife around. I mean, it is Sketchyville. Sketchyville. Just just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) If you've been, you know what we're talking about. It is Sketchville. But... It's it is a very nice place to connect with some performers because it is very quiet. Probably because it's sketchy. It's very in- intimate. It's just you, the performer, it's and the dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> and a few people waving knives, but you know. You might think it's a joke, <laughs> but literally, it's, that's, that's what it is. It's no, an alley with a dumpster in it. It's very classy. Yeah. It's very chic. And a long alley. So if you do go there, bring a buddy, bring a few buddies and be safe. Or if you go by yourself, just like, you know. Just tell someone yeah. where you're going. Keep your keys between your fingers. That's what I suggest. That's what I would do. And you got this. Get those autographs. <laughs> Safely. Stop. I'm, I'm being serious. It's scary. <laughs> anyway, Toronto Bat, the first time around, was freaking uh, fabulous. Shoot. We loved it. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. I'm you know, I'm surprised we never crossed paths on that first Toronto trip. I don't know how we did But that. we had the same first Strat. We both saw Ben Perkis we did. as Strat yeah. for our first show. And I think that that's mm-hmm. worth mentioning. And just a shout out to Ben because, honestly, I was hooked by those first two minutes of the show. And considering I didn't know anything about it, and, like, the- Bad Out of Hell can be really weird if you don't know anything about it going in. So, like, yeah, definitely. you did a really fabulous job. So after Toronto 2017, it it was announced that uh, the show was going back to London Mm -hmm. at the Dominion Theatre. And Chrissy, you actually went to go see that. So why don't you talk to us about your international bat journey? Yes, I did. I got over (laughs) my fear of flying. 
honestly, yeah. though, on January 7th or whenever the last show was, the 5th is standing out to me. Someone will correct me, I'm sure. Anyways. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the 5th. It was? Okay. Sounds right to me. Probably. Then, yeah, January 5th. I remember telling the cast, like, there is no way <laughs> I'm flying to see the show because I am too scared. And somehow between January to May, I did it. And it wasn't as scary as I thought. Like, flying-wise, it was pretty peaceful, maybe because I had bad on my mind. And I was like, I'm going for a reason. I want to see this. I want to be there, experience it, not just through photos and videos. I want to be there. So I went and I traveled all by myself, which looking back was probably not my wisest decision, but I knew I would definitely regret not going like I had the first time around when it was in the UK. And the Dominion was super interesting because it wasn't my favorite version. I felt that it had become a bit more commercialized Mm. during the transfer from the original production. And when I say original, I mean, like... Like Manchester, like... No, like the, yeah, Coliseum version. Transferring over to Toronto, that version. Mm, Yeah. You know? I do, I do know what you mean. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like with the change of costumes on The Lost, they became more, like, of, like, a sort of team-looking, because they all wore red. Instead of all their different looks, which I really like love. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. What I liked is that the lost ensemble members, they kind of look like they found their own clothes, like, I don't know, somewhere thrift in shopping the or in the dumpsters and, and put something cool together. But now it felt a bit too structured. And I was like, mm. oh, okay, I do enjoy how you look, but... In my mind, I had a different vision for them, and that was what they had in the past. I don't know. Mm. But I did have a really wonderful time seeing it, nonetheless. It was really great. And I did get to see um, a few former cast members and go out for a little drink and Mm. maybe saying, oh, Canada, around midnight, even though... Many of us, myself included, didn't know all the words and kind of hummed it. And I am honestly tried. so embarrassed that you didn't know the When words. you grow up in Quebec, you learn the bilingual version. So my brain is a mashup, okay? <laughs> hey, that's no excuse. I know the bilingual <laughs> I know. version. <laughs> I know. Uh, We're revoking your Canadian. Take it away. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking away your maple syrup forever. You're okay, no longer that allowed would to hurt me. That would <laughs> hurt me. I love maple. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also got to see Jordan Lou Gage as Strat. Yeah, because that was around the time he like started, right? Yeah. So I yeah I definitely saw one of his like first. Yeah, and I also saw um my goodness the sweetheart. Chris Cameron, is that his name? Christopher Cameron, I believe. As Jaguar? Yes. I saw his oh. second performance. I've heard so many good Oh things. my god, incredible. Incredible. Had me in tears during two out of three. So That's good. A banger. So good. It was fun because it was a whole bunch of people that um, we hadn't seen in Toronto as well. So it was cool to get to see their takes on the ensemble cast. And uh, yeah, it's very good. Honestly, I just love seeing new people like in roles. You know, I love seeing different. Types. You always have like 
Yeah, like you might have one person you connect to and you're like, yeah, like I see you. Mm -hmm. Like I connect with your performance, but at the same time, I like can't get enough of seeing different people do the same role. I'm like, you did that different, but you did this different. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's so crazy how, you know, when you think about a script on a page that everybody Mm -hmm. looks at it a little differently. And I just it's such like a reminder of the humanity of what we do, man. It's beautiful. Right. So true. And um, sorry, that got a little hippy dippy, but I love it. We are hippy dippy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, in Toronto, I had grown so attached to like some of the ensemble characters. So it was really cool to see how different they were in the Dominion version while keeping the same name. Mm. It was like completely different, even though they had the same name, which was really cool. It was very different. Yeah. That's one thing that Bat does brilliantly. They're ensemble yes. characters. They they have <gasps> names. Them. They have personalities. They have costumes. They're just, mm-hmm. they, as much as they are so in sync, they're such, I think every Bat performance I've seen, there's, the ensemble's always been so cohesive as like this force. But they also like, the work that has been put in into carving out these individual ensemble characters mm-hmm. is bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's unlike anything else I've really seen in an ensemble because yeah. it still has that power of strength and unity as one while really showcasing uh, the individual. Yeah. And oh my gosh, can I just give a shout out to the cast members, Danielle Steers, Giovanni Spano, and Andrew Pollock, who literally would ask me every time I was at stage door how I was sleeping, if I was okay while I was in London because obviously I was traveling by myself and they were someone had to they asked if I was eating and I just thought it was so sweet and so kind of them to you know just kind of look over me watch over me a little bit while I was there by myself it was very kind and I appreciated it and so did my parents (laughs) I also appreciate it because our friendship started after so like if she had died in London we wouldn't be friends honestly I barely ate while I was there because I was just too excited. So the reminder was nice. You kind of forget, oddly, even though I love food so much. I totally forgot while I was there. Really? When I'm traveling, I'm like running around. I'm like, I want to eat there. I want to eat there. I'm going to eat there. Well, one night at the bar, actually, um, (laughs) I had chocolate for dinner. So Gio and I were like sharing some of those little chocolate, which looking back makes me laugh so hard that I grabbed chocolate out of like Hotel Chocolate. I think that's the name. And I had that for dinner while I was sitting in the audience. (laughs) Oh, gosh. 21-year-old Chrissy was truly mm, something. (laughs) I'm glad she made it out of London and I'm glad she went, you know? Yeah, (laughs) honestly, I am a big advocate of travel and solo travel is so good for your mind and your brain and your soul. So like, good on you. Yeah. Yeah. On you, girl. That's good. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) So while the show was playing at the Dominion, um, it was announced that there would be a tour starting up in the fall. A North American A North American tour. Which meant we would get to see it again. And guess where the first stop was? Right back at Toronto's Mervish Theatre. Which is probably like my favorite theatre in the whole world. It's a very nice 
very soothing theater. It's just, it's beautiful and just the history. That's mm-hmm. that's a different podcast episode. We're going to talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah, totally. Bloody brilliant. Totally. So the first national tour featured an entirely new American cast, including original cast member Andrew Pollock, as well as some script changes. Which were awesome. They were really good. Anyway. I really love them. <laughs> Speaking of Andrew Pollock, I actually have a fun antidote that has to do with the tour. Okay. I did not see Andrew Pollock as Strat until the tour in 2018. Right. I saw the first time around, I was really lucky and I got to see Benjamin Perkis and mm-hmm. Simon Gordon as mm-hmm. Strat. And, you know, I just never got the chance to see Andrew. I heard good things about him. I wanted to see him, but, you know, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that he was coming back to do it, I was like, okay, I need to see <laughs> what the hype is about. I got to go see him do this. And it was really awesome. He's obviously, he's incredible, but mm-hmm. it was, I just think it's funny that, you know, took me a year. But I got to see him do it. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because I was so positive, like, there would be no former cast members in this version. And at first I was like, oh, I'm really going to miss them. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to miss them. And then when the cast news came out and it was like, oh, my gosh, Andrew's leading it. I was like completely shocked and then I was like oh my gosh I have to go see this again of course and you know (laughs) because I just think Andrew Estrat is like one of the most insane theater performances you will ever see in your life and I was like I have to bring people who haven't seen it yet and they're totally gonna understand what I am talking about now (laughs) (laughs) and I did that was directly about me Actually, yeah. So Jocelyn and I met for the first time during the tour. Yeah. So we were talking like because Chrissy put out a tweet and she was like, I'm going to go see the Bat Tour. Are there any (laughs) Bat fans who like want to meet up? And we've been following each other on social media for a while and like chatting like a little bit, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. But like we knew each other through Geo. So I messaged her. I was like, let's meet up and Mm -hmm. go see Bat together. So it was the first the second show. But the first matinee. Right. Because I it takes me like two hours on public transit to get to Toronto. <laughs> so a matinee is preferable. So I don't have to run. Although the last night of shows I did. I saw the evening performance. I booked it out of the theater, ran to the subway, ran to Union Station, got on my train in like 15 minutes. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how you did it either. There's record time. It's crazy. <laughs> Anyway, so that was really exciting. So not only was it like, we're going to go see Bat again, which we love. We know we've been some t- some changes. We know that there's some new faces. And Chrissy had seen the show the night before. So I'm right. like, don't tell me anything. Don't tell me anything. Just <laughs> don't, don't tell me anything. So I think what she told me was the wedding dress was different. Right. Andrew Astrat. Yeah, because we dressed up. Andrew Strat is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third thing you told me was that I was going to love Valkyrie. You yes. kind of got a makeover right. for um, the tour. And let me tell you, she is now my favorite character so good. in the show. Um, and that was like my favorite change. I remember I had the opportunity to uh, introduce myself and talk to the director of the show very briefly at intermission. And I was like, that is the best thing you could have done 
Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm obsessed. She is a fantastic character. I totally forgot that this was the intro to Valkyrie. The intro to Valkyrie. Because for me, it feels like she's been around a long time. Right. Now, uh, Valkyrie, the role, was introduced as an ensemble, non-speaking role, pretty much. Like, she doesn't have direct lines. She was like a dancer track. Exactly. I would say she's a dancer track, yeah. So this... Valkyrie version was like a full-on character, a main character, pretty much. Not a main character, but you know, featured ensemble. But yeah, a bit more than like, a featured ensemble, I'd say. She's like one of the guys, you know. Yeah. She's one of Strat's bros. Yeah, she's kind, kind of, of like, like an equal with Ladue in that type of um. I love Ladue. Casting type of character, likes. you know. Yeah, very like. You know, with Ladue and Zahara and, like, mm-hmm. Jaguar and Tinks are kind of in there. But Exactly that. And this is perfect because, well, we're, we're just going to talk about this because we're talking about tour changes. So this comes into it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, like, I left kind of not liking about Bat the first time, it was kind of like, okay, so we have these strong female characters in mm. Raven and Sloane and Zahara. And I love those three characters. They're some of my favorite women on stage. Mm. But you know, a lot of their plot lines, they're kind of like guy based. And then you even have, um, you have Sloane go back to Falco, which Mm -hmm. mm, girl run, girl walk away. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about like the trope of forgiveness and wrapping up the show, but like to show somebody leaving an abusive relationship and then to show Mm-hmm. It kind of being, the reconciliation kind of being sped was just right. a little, doesn't always sit well with me. But like, I was like, where are the Lost Girls, man? When I was mm-hmm. watching it, I was like, you see them, they're singing, they're dancing, they look gorgeous. Right. But like, I want to see them have the fun that like, the boys get to do. Like, mm-hmm. we know all about Jaguar and Blake and Ledoux, mm-hmm. but like, I want to know more about the Lost Girls. Yeah. I and totally feel you on that one. <laughs> also, if you talk about, I'm going to bring up the the Bechtel test. I'm not yeah. saying it right. But it's a conversation between two named women, and it doesn't relate back to a man. Mm-hmm. That didn't have that before, Valkyrie. Um, and is it, and now, now it technically passes it. I think that there could be more, like, girl power in that. Absolutely. But I love just having... A girl who she is one of the guys they're mm-hmm. her chosen family uh and she just she throughout the show she has a clear sense of who she is and i think yeah. the other women they go through a journey to get there mm-hmm. and to refine that but she knows who she is and she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. and it's just it's so lovely to kind of have that representation of this girl who you know, she's she's one of the she is one of the guys, but she also hold she holds her own. And yeah. I think that that's brilliant instead of it being like boys club. Totally agree. I love Valkyrie yeah. and I love um I loved seeing Sam Polly who played her. She was <gasps> phenomenal. Oh my god. Yeah. Sam I remember is that first night just <laughs> watching in awe of her because before <laughs> that night we were like, Oh my god, what is gonna happen? Like we're hearing all these things online that there's going to be a lot of changes and we were kind of 
scared that we were going to leave the show feeling like, oh my God, this isn't our bat anymore. This isn't the show we love so much. It's completely different. But yes, it was different. No, not completely. And it was even better than it was before. In my opinion, it was complete, complete difference script-wise. And staging. Staging. Oh my gosh, you got so much more from every character. Mm-hmm. Every character. I think having a smaller ensemble mm-hmm. really, like, <gasps> yes. it really allowed for those moments to be carved out. Yeah. And it just, you know, it makes it feel a little more, just that much more intimate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, another really great change that they had was they removed in the land of the pig, the butcher is king. Yes. And you know what? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in trouble for <laughs> saying that. Like I prefer it with Valkyrie, and that uh, I like it without pig. All good. So that's a, that's okay. That's okay. If you love pig and you love uh, the show without Valkyrie, that's fine. That's fine. I don't have an issue with it. <laughs> but honestly, the the structure of the show when you add in that extra female character and when you take out, you know, the torture and yeah, the horrible kidnapping and torture scene um, kind of makes it better. And then it makes sense that you're redeeming the villain in the end because, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't try to murder a bunch of teenagers. Is he still perfect? No, but like he only tried to kill one teenager right. instead of <laughs> right. all of them. I don't know. He's still the villain, but like I always found pig was just really, kind of excessive mm-hmm. it's a brilliant song and I want to say that seeing Rob Fowler do that on stage was brilliant I was always like goosebumps he would do these amazing oh my god ups. yes so this mm-hmm. isn't me saying I don't like pig I love it it's one of my favorite workout songs <laughs> uh but you know to take that out of the show and to instead kind of bring in a scene where you have kind of a bit more on the origin of the lost and their bond it just it's 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 stronger, I think, just from a script perspective. Mm-hmm. So also, please don't at me. <laughs> with the removal of Pig, we actually got more from Raven and her family in a short scene before Heaven Can Wait, which I think is one of the better changes of this production version. Yeah, I really like that. Oh, yeah. And you also got a scene from Tink crying over Strat death well quotations death and um (laughs) spoiler alert alert, he doesn't actually die Hmm. (laughs) but yeah so um I felt that I got a better sense of the character Tink who I never really connected with before and didn't really feel like that storyline with Strat felt super genuine as if they were really good best friends. I never really got that full effect. But with the added scenes between Strat and Tink and watching Tink hurt over his love for Strat and watching Strat really bond with Tink throughout little moments in this version, it was so clear to me and it was so beautiful. And it's one of my now favorite friendships in the show. And honestly, this is one of the reasons that I'm so upset that the tour closed after three weeks. Um, I'm not we're not going to get into that. That's not what Mm -hmm. this is about. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I think I was just so sad that people aren't going to have the experience of being able to 
see what this cast had done and the amazing work that they had done with only three like months in the rehearsal room. Um, and just to be cast in a show like Bat, you're already mm-hmm. superstar stuff. Like the amount of singing and dancing and acting, there's so much going on in that show. I have the utmost respect for you and I think you're crazy talented. I just think that there was something about this specific group of actors that they put together Mm -hmm. for this teeny tiny first national tour. There was some sort of overall connection. There was just, I can't even explain it, but their energy was unmatched for me. And I just think what they did was so, so brilliant. And it was just... And it's my favorite version of the show, yeah, honestly, because not only because of the changes, but because of, you know, the whole vibe that mm-hmm. came with it. And um, not to get too much into it, but they got a lot of a lot of hate. And it was from a lot of people who hadn't seen this version at all. And I just don't think that was OK. And something going forward for everyone to remember that. Actors can see stuff that's posted online and it's hurtful, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And this is another thing you guys might not be comfortable with me saying. But first up, if you're going to go online and bash someone in a show that you're a fan of, you're not a fan of the show. What you're doing is technically cyberbullying. It's not nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of harassment. Mm-hmm. So... Straight up, don't consider, don't call yourself a fan if you're going to pull that sort of thing. And I mm-hmm. mean, everybody can have their own opinions, but there's a difference between saying, I like what this person does and I prefer it personally to what this person does, and saying that mm-hmm. person's untalented and doesn't deserve a job. Like, that's unnecessary. Right. And if you do feel the need to say that sort of nasty stuff, Say it with a friend. Don't don't put it online where people can see it. Could you imagine mm-hmm. doing your job and having people say horrible things about you who didn't know you like that? Mm. It would kill me. It would kill That's me. Just, it's not nice. And I think that, you know, we have an opportunity. We're going forward into a new tour with a new cast. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say, like Chrissy said, let's keep this in mind going forward. Let's be positive and supportive fans and embrace these mm-hmm. uh, new people because they have so much to offer. I know for me personally, I had a really hard time at the tour because I wrote online, I guess, that I really enjoyed a performer's performance in a press video and I thought she was really talented. And then I had a cast member be really, really rude to me about it. And it really broke me and I felt really sick my whole time being at the tour version. And it's just to say, like, you know, people are allowed to have opinions and say that they enjoy someone else's performance without bashing in others, you know? You're allowed to like whoever. Yeah, you can like who you like. And, you know, sometimes someone might surprise you. I mean, I know, I think Sharon Sexton is so amazing and talented and badass. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think she's awesome idolize Mm -hmm. like the work that she has done Mm -hmm. and so going into the tour I was like hmm I wonder what this new Sloan is going to be like and I ended up just falling head over heels Mm -hmm. for Lulu Lloyd's portrayal of Sloan Mm -hmm. 
And I still, yeah. I hold both these women in the utmost respect. I think that they're both powerhouse talents. But it just goes to show you that you can like more than one person. And sometimes you might be surprised by how amazing someone is. Exactly. Just be lovely and positive and, you know, be lovely. let's be a positive fan base, especially because yeah. these times are trying and not very positive. So, like, mm-hmm. don't put nasty stuff out there. We don't want it. Exactly. So then we actually went to see this cast, minus a few, plus a few new people, <laughs> plus some old people. It was like a hybrid <laughs> in New York City at the New York City Center. Which was brilliant because so good. the original tour was meant to end with a run at City Center, but then exactly, God knows what happened with all of that. Um, right. So we were like, is it going to New York? Is it never going <laughs> to play anywhere ever again? Because the show closed, I think, that January at the Dominion. So we were like, um, right. so it's still running in Germany, but like, is it going to be done we're everywhere We're not going to travel to Germany because I mean, that's a long flight. I would love to go to Germany, but like... <laughs> Me too, if I had like, if I had, like the mental capacity dollars. for the plane. Okay, true. That that too. That would help. That would definitely help me. <laughs> anyway, the good thing about New York, it's on the same continent, right? So <laughs> it's exactly. just a little... And you can drive there. You don't have to fly or take a boat if you don't want to. Although I wish I flew there because I took a 12-hour <laughs> bus cool. overnight. And, you mm. know, it wasn't that bad, actually. Like, I, kind, I enjoyed it because you got to get off at certain stops and kind of, like, stick your head out right. and look around and go, hey... Um, just, I have long legs, and so sitting on a bus <laughs> for 12 hours isn't the most fun in the world. Right. And I looked like hell the next day. <laughs> mm. And New York is a place I where I wanted true. to feel glamorous. Well, you saw me once I fixed my makeup and my hair. Getting off the bus was a different story. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I was like, okay, this is perfect. I was saying I wanted to go to New York, and it, it was my first trip to New York, actually. And so, oh, wow. yeah, and so Chrissy was obviously going to go and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to come with you because the cast list was released. And uh, for me, what was really important was that they did bring back a lot of people from the tour to give them the opportunity right. to perform at City Center, which I really liked. And I think the people who didn't come back from the tour were actually doing things elsewhere uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So that was great for me. So I was like, okay, they've been brought back to have this opportunity. We've got some actors that we like from the old cast as well. We've got some new people coming in. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. First trip to New York. We're going to go see. We're going to tie it in with that because then maybe it won't stress me out as much. (laughs) Uh, So I get off the bus, actually. I come out of Port Authority. And if any of you have ever been to Port Authority in New York, it's kind of like crawling like up and out of this underground maze and like up into the Mm -hmm. sunlight. It's like crawling towards the surface. (laughs) And so, you know what I call it? The Wizard of Oz effect. You know how Dorothy leaves like the black and white and enters the color. (laughs) Yeah, because it's It's kind of sketchy and a little dirty. And then you like climb out of the grime and you're like, oh my God, 42nd Mm -hmm. Street. And I'm walking. The first thing I see is a big garbage can with a bad out of hell poster on it. 
And I was like, aww. And then I wasn't wasn't nervous again in New York after that. That being said, we met up with a bunch of our friends from the UK and America, and we all saw the show. What was really kind of crazy was that these are people that we've kind of Mm -hmm. reached out to online and talked to because we all like this crazy, weird little musical. (laughs) And we somehow bonded over that. So we go to New York. It's the first preview, and we're meeting up with friends from all over the world, and that's just, mm-hmm. that's the power of theater, guys. Mm-hmm. And we all dressed up, which people like to dress up to see the show, and I think that is the coolest because I'm all about that. I wore Sloan's Paradise dress, so if you don't know the show, it's literally a so dress great. that's like green sequins. Mm-hmm. And any excuse for me to be head-to-toe in something sequined, I'll take it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, no, we all, we all looked fabulous. We all had a really exciting time. Oh, yeah. I actually, the only downside was if you've been to New York City Center in the balcony, you would know how steep the stairs are to both get up. And then once you're up there, if you, my seat was at the front of the balcony. So I got all the way up there and then I had to go down to my seat. I ended up falling down the stairs and I flashed the usher in about two rows. Of course of you did. <laughs> Yeah, and here's the thing. Chrissy's sitting down in the orchestra, and our <laughs> friends no are, like, in um, the mezzanine. mezzanine. Uh-huh. The mezzanine, yeah. I was just going to call it the M, because, like, that's what it puts on your ticket, right? Right. The O-M-B. Mez. So they're in the mess. So nobody was there to witness it, and I'm really disappointed, because it would have probably been less embarrassing if my friends had laughed with me about it, instead of two, like, kind of attractive guys looking at me like I was some fool who did not know how to walk. Mm. I was like, well, you've seen my underwear, and you didn't have to buy me dinner first. Great. <laughs> at least it matched the dress. You it went did. It matched the paradise. dress. So it was kind of classy, but not really. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good time, though, and um, um, a little bit we- crazy, the first preview, because there was actually, in my opinion, quite a few changes from the tour version, and the vibe was very different from the tour version, despite it being a lot of the same people we had seen. Honestly, there was like a different vibe, and yeah, like I don't know I what it was. I couldn't describe it to you. If I it tried, wasn't a bad vibe did. by far, which is oh yeah, different. yeah, it was still like great. Like I was on the edge of my seat the entire show, mm-hmm. even though you know I've seen it how many times by this point. Yeah, I know what happens. I'm on the edge of my seat the entire show. I'm like, this is brilliant. I also am getting to see Tony Award winner Lena Hall live. <laughs> what? mind blown (laughs) and you know it was brilliant but it's kind of it was so it there it just it had a different vibe but I think all kind of musicals are like that you know you see like first Toronto had like a certain vibe I'm sure Dominion had a different vibe the tour had a different vibe and then this one did as well um genuinely can I just say (laughs) yeah I've never seen a show that has a different vibe Every time, so much as bad as bad out of hell does. Okay, yeah, bad. <laughs> like you can go see Wicked cake. anywhere, and it's gonna feel the same. And you can go see like I don't know Phantom anywhere, and it's gonna feel a little bit different, maybe, but still pretty yeah, much the same. Like, bad out of hell, it's different. like different every single time, and that's not a bad thing. That's fantastic because it keeps it fresh. But it, I don't know how they do it. It's different every time, even if it's the same version. 
that's crazy. And, you know, we're also there doing previews. So even just going there uh, back to back the first two nights, which we'll talk about how we ended right. up back a second night oh my in a God. little bit. Yeah. But like we were back to back there first two nights. <laughs> and like during previews, obviously, things are still changing. So going back to back, <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, what? They, they moved that? I, I like that. They'll bring it, bring it back. Um, or, oh, thank um, God they moved this. Okay. Like, you know, it becomes, it's still a diff- it's a different beast yeah. because you know you never quite mm-hmm. know how an audience is going to react until they react right <laughs> although i think my favorite reaction was no this is a good one when we go up to the theater this is a great story so we have to include it so we get up to the theater and me i like to be there like half an hour 45 minutes before the show starts like right on time meanwhile chrissy likes to show up and go to her seat okay which that's is fine. not true I'm usually really? like you, but my anxiety from the tour oh, version okay. of that confrontation dragged over to New York City Center, and I was like, I am going to vomit everywhere. No, because I honestly thought, because every time I've seen a show with you, you like to get there, go to your seat, and like see the show. So I was just like, maybe that's how she likes to do it. No, my I bad. like to get there like two hours early and sit outside i thought i was like wow this is another reason where we're different but no i'm glad we went when we did because had we been inside we would have missed something really cool so we're walking up to new york city center and like on your first trip to new york it's really hard to kind of walk in new york is what i noticed because i was (laughs) i like to look everywhere at what's going on i'm like oh my god look at that i'll like slam into a couple people as i'm walking Meanwhile, I'm just like, it's nothing. Chrissy's like, can you like focus? That's where a you're grocery going, store. For God sakes, <laughs> it's just a grocery store. You're fine. Uh, anyway, we make it to New York City Center, and the first person we end up bumping into is Zena Gushtart, who is the associate choreographer on the show. And she, she comes up to say hi. She's super lovely. She goes, "Oh my gosh, you guys arrived just in time." And I'm going, "Are we like late? Beautiful." gorgeous motorcycles like these are like you know that these are people's babies you know what I mean like these are older bikes that have been like polished like you could do your makeup in them and they come flying up and I kid you not it is like maybe like 20 to 30 bikes and they all park them in front so I guess what the show had done is they had reached out to like collectors and like groups for motorcycle stuff in New York and arranged for them to be there at the first preview outside the theater so like people could go and take photos with the bikes could ask questions about them and it was just it was kind of such a cute little like campy little bat way to be like hey new york we're here speaking of little bat promos i remember all of us we were with our friends that day walking up to times square and out of the corner of our eye we see the massive bat out of hell times square billboard come up and we all like lost our minds because it was so cool and so it felt like a movie moment it was really magical and um even when we would get in taxis it would be on the little tv in the taxi and we'd be like i love that show so back to new york city center changes um i can literally remember sitting in the audience and thinking why is the vibe so different? And then I realized, like, this is how I break it down for everyone who 
doesn't understand what I'm talking about when I see a different production version because at this point, I've seen so many that (laughs) they're all very, very different vibes in my head and in my heart. So (laughs) just sometimes like even like the first time I saw it in Toronto and then seeing the tour, I kind of see them as two completely different shows. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like in my heart. You'll see what I mean about the vibe for productions each not like okay so production wise so this is how I see it all of the UK productions up until now they all have this very um dystopian dreamy vibe it feels like you're stuck in a dream when you're watching it and it's very um I don't know everything just feels like a fantasy and then it's very Midsummer Night's Dream very much is yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that that's a good way to sum it up, I find. Um, but then with the U.S. versions, they're very real. I, I don't know how grittier. to... Yeah, they're grittier. They're real. The humor is very different in the sense that it's more... Um, it's delivered less dreamlike, less fantasy, and more real. Like, I don't know how to explain it better than that. It just mm-hmm. feels... Like you're watching something happening, like you're watching the lost in the streets in front of you in New York City. It doesn't feel like more fairy tale vibe. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes with that, you can kind of like, I feel like, I mean, I only saw the original Toronto production like twice, so you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Mm -hmm. I feel like with the first version of that it was very like aware, like I was very aware that I was like, it's a dystopian setting. This girl's on dream suppressants. Like it was all these things that were happening. It was very like Mm -hmm. futuristic in a way, which, which I loved. It was like kind of being like immersed in that kind of dreamy vibe, like translate state yourself. But then I remember seeing it in Mm -hmm. like on the tour. And I don't know if it's because I had seen the show already or if it was just a different vibe, but it was like, I kind of forgot a little bit about the futuristic part and was able to hone in a bit more on like, I don't know, gritty is kind of the best word I can think of to describe it. There is just kind of like this gravitas, 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 using a big word tonight, folks. Uh, There was, (laughs) you, you know, it's true. Like the first production, there was this kind of like dreamy, floaty kind of quality. And then there was just, there was a lot more gravitas in the yeah. uh, U.S., U.S., North American, on this side of the, the ocean. And I do wonder if that was done on purpose because um, we, along the way, lost the newspapers and lost the backstory, projected on the uh, the screen before the show starts. So I wonder if... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I wonder if they went with... Um, to keep it more modern, I don't know, but it does feel very modern and very. Honestly, I don't know. It's just very different in that sense. I like the newspapers and like Me too. The, I love the screen, newspapers. but and at the, screen, the same yeah. time, I'm kind of glad they're gone because I kind of remember the first couple times, kind of going like, "You expect me to read?" 
And I, that sounds like really bad. Like, obviously, I read it and I was like, wow, this is really cool. They've got this, they've got that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, you want to go to a show. You want to just be able to sit down and instantly absorb what's happening on yeah, stage. Yeah, for sure. For the New York City Center ones, the program was the newspaper, which was practical. And it also gave people a souvenir. And inside it had like a nice full out poster. Yeah, it was, it was very a nice, nice way to kind of combine yeah. like the souvenir aspect and like the thing of the show without being like, here's the backstory on the musical. You know what I mean? The thing in general that I feel for Bad Out of Hell is that when it comes to like the newspaper backstories and the backstories online and such, a lot of it just isn't in the show. Like a lot of it is made like the lost mention that is made by Sloan in the show, like their description is maybe 15 seconds and that's the only touch base on it you know what I mean whereas if you open that newspaper it's all in there you know I do think that it's kind of a nice tribute to Jim Steinman to have the newspaper with all of this backstory that obviously he's put in the effort so even if we don't see it in the show it's nice to kind of put it in and recognize it but at the same time some like I'm just talking about like your average theater goer who may not know the history of the show they might be Mm -hmm. like what is this newspaper saying why was this not mentioned in the show I'm just Mm -hmm. you know these are questions that people would have so that's kind of why I liked including the uh the program as the newspaper and it was just kind of a nice like the best of both worlds Mm -hmm. well yeah like I find the storyline back then like the way it was presented in the show and everything I feel like it was dependent on the newspaper writing to explain it all. Yeah, or Whereas even like now the I don't on the feel screen. that so much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. And mm-hmm. it's more structured. It got there. The story's there now, and it's mm-hmm. you don't need to read about it beforehand because it's right in front of you when you watch the show. Yeah, and even yeah. though I did feel it was you know pretty clear before, as well in certain aspects. Um, the story of the loss and their heart and their journey is more in this version. Yeah, with that, there's this lovely scene that they've added in before objects. Yeah. And this is why I like that they took out Pig. Because within the show, we know that Falco is a dictator and not a great guy. You know, we don't really need another song showing that. We know. But that little scene between the lost kind of talking about their origin story, it gives us a little bit more than that blurb that Sloane does in the first act. Yeah, absolutely. So before we uh, tie off here for our New York portion of this story, uh, we just would like to say a huge thank you to Bradley Dean. Um, he, For those of you who don't know, he played Falco in the uh, short-lived North American tour and was brought back for the City Center production. And this man is brilliant, uh, you know, as, as an actor. That is kind of like the level... I think all of us should kind of like aspire to be because he's just, he's brilliant. And he was very, very kind. And actually uh, he invited us back to see the show the second night. Theater in New York is expensive very and tickets expensive. for that were pretty expensive. It was incredible. It was, it was an incredibly kind and sweet gesture for two younger fans who like, you know, obviously we're not billionaires, <laughs> right? So it was just a, a very, very sweet gesture. And it is not gone forgotten. We, like, 
I think about it a lot and I, I, I really do treasure that because what a treat to see your favorite show uh, in New York in a city I've always wanted to visit and, you know, just what a gift to have someone say, hey, here, it's it's good. Yeah. I got this. And um, that being said, the second show was insanely good. One of the best shows oh I've my ever gosh. Like, seen. Just the energy was The vibe on was fire. different. And, you know, and they changed a lot of the things that were like, oh, that doesn't feel like it works or fits in here. And they added more things for the ensemble to do. And I was like, I am vibing with this. I love this. I Let love ensemble my ensemble. Yes. Everything they want. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let them live. Let them do because they are great. They got this and they totally killed us. <laughs> they were fantastic. We spoke earlier about the international tour of Bad Out of Hell that was meant to run this year, but has unfortunately been postponed due to COVID 19. As we mentioned, we are really excited to see new takes on the roles, and we are sending lots of support to the new cast. It was meant to open in Manchester this past week, so what we did want to say, if you're missing Bat, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably missing Bat, we did, uh, we had the wonderful opportunity to do an interview with some of the brand new cast members of this international tour when lockdown begun, and they're just, they're wonderful. They're obviously very talented and they're just very kind. And, uh, you know, if you're a Bat fan, we would love for you guys to head on over to our page. And uh, it's on our website, breaklegblog.com. And uh, take a look at the interview. Get to know these new faces. Uh, they are already fans of the show. Uh, they love it just mm-hmm. as much as we do. So they are such sweethearts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel. What a treat. Yeah, I know that we're plugging an interview that we did, but honestly, I'm plugging this because I want you guys to go read and just appreciate these humans. And mm-hmm. we're excited. We're still excited. And when they come back, it's going to be totally worth it. So. Absolutely. That's that. <laughs> so now we have a few quick fire listener questions that we got that are all battered of hell based. So here we go. Ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First one is, if you could cast the show from past cast, who would you have in each role? Here we go. Strat, Andrew Pollock, Raven, Emily Schulteis, Sloan, Lulu Lloyd, Falco, Bradley Dean, Valkyrie, <laughs> Jessica Jonish? Jonich, I think. Jonich. You there can practice on that mm-hmm. if we're wrong. Oh, gosh. Um, um. Who else? Zahara, Harper, Miles, Jaguar. You know what? Basically, the rest of the tour cast, (laughs) that is who I would put because I really love them. All right. My cast, I would really love to see Simon Gordon as Strat opposite Emily Mm Schultheis. I think they would have an awesome vibe. They both have such incredible energies in the roles. That would be They'd wild. be killer. Oh my god! I'd love to see it. Um, ah, I'm drawing a blank. Um, but Lulu Lloyd and Bradley Dean as Sloane and Falco—they're just—they're an amazing pairing. They should be in there. Mm-hmm. 
see, I love both my Zaharas equally. So can they just alternate shows? They can do every other show in this cast because it's my cast. <laughs> I make the rules. Uh, <laughs> Tyrick Jones is going to be Jaguar. We're going to have Jessica as Valkyrie and Will Branner as Ledoux. <gasps> and mm, Avian Hoyles yes. as Tink. Woo! <laughs> Our love. Yes, we love Aviance. <laughs> we say it's so French. Next one. Aviance. All right. Oh, gosh. If you could... Québécois. <laughs> if okay. you could add a brand new song or scene to the show, what would it be? Oh, my God. <laughs> I would totally add a little chorus of surfs up in yeah. the mirror scene. <laughs> um, right after Hot Summer Night. Woo! That'd be great. Okay, technically the song I want to add to the show is already in the show, and it was already in there and kind of removed, but Life is a Lemon and I Want My Money Back. I would love to have... Really? Yeah, I'd love to have... Okay, this is an- this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I think it's one of my favorite Meatloaf songs. <gasps> no, I know a lot of people like it. I just never heard you I love it so- say that would be one that I'm just I- Yeah, well... I- I, I like forgot it. about it the last time we were talking about this. So I'm going to say, yeah, life is yeah, a lemon cool. and I want my bunny back. I think it would be really fun to have like a chorus of that when the lost are like, mm-hmm. man, our life sucks because of Falco. <laughs> yes. No, I thought you were going to say good girls. <laughs> so I was surprised. Okay. Your favorite lead and ensemble characters, Raven and uh, Bessamy. Mm, Valkyrie. Valkyrie and Ledoux are my favorites, and they're kind of, like, mm-hmm. both lead and ensemble. But, like, if I right. had to pick, oh. like, a technical lead and ensemble, I would say Sloane and, um, what's her name? Uh, Sherzo or Lunaro. Right. Oh, Ooh. nice. Who are some understudies or covers you wish you had seen? I have a oh list. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Kayla as Raven. Um, Kayla as Raven, please. Yeah, that would have took me right out. I would have died. Um, Tiernan as Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I would have Emily loved- as Sloan. Yeah, yeah, Emily Battle as Sloan Falco would have been sublime. Mm-hmm. I'd have loved to see Adam Kemmerer as Falco. He's one of our favorites, mm. and uh, it would have been so cool to see him do a Falco show. Uh, Eve Norris as Raven. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see yes. Ran as Zahara. She just, I love her energy mm-hmm. so much. She would have been brilliant as Z. I also would have loved to see Patrick Sullivan as um, Jaguar. Because yeah. I know that. Also, Emily Benjamin as yes. Zahara. Um, yeah, that would have killed me. I think you mentioned before Hannah Ducharme as Sloan. Yes, as Sloan. Yeah. I would have loved to see Barney Wilkinson as Strat. Yeah, me too. Will <laughs> I just want to see as all. Yeah, I want to see all the covers. Honest, yeah, honestly, <laughs> give me a cast just oh, of all please. covers. Please, honestly, like our covers aren't appre- covers and understudies aren't appreciated enough, and like I would mm-hmm. love to see every single one of you. Mm-hmm. Mwah. Mwah. Is there a song which was removed from the show that you wish? Oh, that you would put back in. Uh, good gosh. girls, good, good girls, girls, good girls. <laughs> but, but, what? I did hear from the Danielle Steers that my favorite meatloaf song, well, Steinman Meatloaf. Steinloaf. I'm gonna, <laughs> Steinloaf. <laughs> I'm going to love her for both of us, was 
in the show at one point and was, I guess, removed. Well, not actually in the show. I guess it was in a script version. I have no idea. It was and in the talks. It was in, in the there somewhere along the way. And then when, I guess it never happened. But I would love that one. Um, what is one song that you would remove from the show? Pig is already gone, so I would say it's all coming back to me now. I would remove mm. that and replace it with Totally Clips of the Heart because I feel Ooh. like that fits Stratton Raven perfectly. If you listen yeah. to the lyrics, it's like it's all made back for it. Like older. You know what it's I mean? It's too more old like for Raven and it's too mature for Stratton Raven's relationship. I just never felt that connection when watching it. Mm. I don't know. Honestly, now that pig's out, I'm good on cutting sh- songs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that that's the one that I would yeah. get rid of. Yeah, me but, like, too. Weirdest, most memorable thing that you've had happen during the show. Oh, I finally have an answer for that. It finally hit me. So I go to see the tour. It's my first show. I dressed up and I made Raven's wedding dress. I was really proud of it. And we're sitting in the second row. And what they don't tell you when you buy a ticket for the second row is that you're in a splash zone. So during the title song, there's some blood. And uh, yeah, so I have stains on my white skirt that are still on there to this day. Love and it. honestly, would not change a single thing. That is like <laughs> the best souvenir I could have gotten. Didn't have to pay for it. So thank you, Andrew Pollock, for bleeding on my skirt. It was It's fake blood. It's fake blood. I promise. If it was real blood, I'd be throwing that out. That's gross. But it's fake. It's just like corn syrup. We're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh. Um... Well, there was a bunch of show stops during the last tour show, matinee performance, and the audience started whistling the Breakfast Club whistle, and that was really funny and weird. (laughs) It had me dying. Is there a moment in the show you didn't notice until after you had seen the show more than once? Yes, so I didn't know that Falco in the pool was projected onto the tower until, like, my fifth show. And I was like, oh, hey. He's there, too. There's so many things that I just pick up on later. I was sitting very far to my left the first show, so I did not know that there was a gigantic screen above the tunnel. So I was like, that's really weird that they're, they're filming it just for, like, that one little TV at the front. Like, that that's weird to me. I was like, but okay, you know, I see what you're doing. It's cool. I go back, and I'm sitting, like, on, like, the far left, far right side of the theater. I'm like... Oh, that's why they're doing it. There's a huge screen. Anyway, so. (laughs) Is there a costume in the show you wish was in your closet? I have so many Raven cosplays that I've made to see the show. So um, my favorite is the birthday dress and that's already in my closet. Oh, damn. All right. So for me... I want Sloane's entire wardrobe. Like her, sh- I want her shoes. I really love that like red blouse and skirt combo. It's like I feel like I would feel very powerful wearing that. So just her whole closet. But if I had, if I had to choose one specific item, it would be Ledoux's pants with like the stars and the patches and the lightning bolts. I'm I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of gal, and I would wear those every single day of my life. 
So now we have favorite stage door memory. Aww. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's my favorite. I don't know if I have an actual favorite. The ones that are my favorites are the ones that I like don't talk about. Yeah, I get that. Because they're like my own little, my own memory, you know? I think yeah. that's sweet. Anyways. Um, it is sweet. It's very cute. I'm like that but too. But one that I will talk about is... Because so many people were there, that's not really a secret. <laughs> Is that I started crying with Emily Schulteis. That was such a beautiful moment, though, between you when two. When the tour closure was, like, announced. And, I don't know, I just started crying. Because <laughs> she was so brilliant. Yeah. That was such a great moment between the two of you. Like, yeah. It was such a sweet moment to witness. I love Raven. I love Raven. <laughs> Raven. Raven. I'll think of a good stage door story in like a second, but I have an embarrassing one to tide you guys over while I think of that. But huh? I did trip and fall on, Samantha, on Samantha Polly, um, at the tour. Uh, I was just, I was really excited to see her and I was walking over and I full on tripped and fell and, uh, she, she did catch me, but like, thank you for not being weird about the fact that I fell on you and... <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up again now. <laughs> but, um, no, I think my favorite, like, little sweet memory was just um, getting to chat with Lulu Lloyd, uh, who played Sloan on the tour. She just, she just, she understood how special the show was to so many people. And uh, she's just, she's brilliant. Uh, also, Giovanni Spano made sure that when I first met him, I brought my cast album to get it signed. He made sure I talked to as many people as possible to make sure I got my full cast album signed. Yeah, he took me around because uh, we came back in the evening because I had wanted to say hello to Sharon Sexton, who was lovely. And um, he took me around and he introduced me to a lot of the cast members. Like, hey, did you sign this yet? Go sign it. And uh, so it was just, it was really nice because, you know, when you're shy at stage door, you're like, you know, would you maybe be okay if like you sign this? Um, but he was just, it was nice to have a bigger personality there. For sure. Oh my God, that just reminded me of two more and then I'm done with my stage door stories. But um, these are all from the tour version. <laughs> Crazy. Anyways, at the last show, Nick Martinez was oh, on. He was him. a swing. And Alex DeLeo had broken his foot, I think. He was or in a cast. His leg or something early on. Yeah, so Nick was on and he comes out and he's like, wait, I, let me find her. And he points to me. He's like, you have the best smile I've ever seen. More people should have your smile. And I was like, oh my God, now I'm ugly crying again. Um, and then later on, Andrew comes out at stage door and everyone's like chatting and he turns around and then we hug and then I start like crying again and I'm like oh my god I'm never gonna see bad again he's like it's still in London I'm like no it's closing there too <laughs> I'm just a mess when I'm at stage door but like a funny mess yeah it's funny you know well it's funny for me um <laughs> oh Everyone else laughs. Yeah. No, I mean, like, sometimes you're going to be moved. Sometimes you're just going to oh, cry yeah. in front of someone. It it happens, man. 
Yeah. Well, I usually try to save those tears for people who, like, I've gotten to know more than not. You know? Yeah, so I try not, to, like, cry on the train home <laughs> instead, so I don't, like, freak anybody out. Yeah, uh-huh. me too. Uh, to be fair, the tour was a special okay. case, yeah. so... Thank you for listening to this episode of Break Like Babble. We've loved chatting all things bat with you. Don't forget to check out our merch. It is on our website because the link is really long and I'm not going to read it out to you right now. But it's on our website, on our link tree, link in bio, all that fun stuff. You can find us on Instagram at Break Leg Bloggers and on Twitter at Break Leg Blog. And obviously check out our website at www.breaklegblog.com. Thank you so much for your continued support. And don't forget to break Break a leg. leg. Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys.